For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love The Gospel of John, John chapter 21 is where we'll be at today. We're in the last chapter in the Gospel of John. And the Bible says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on the wise showed he himself. There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana, and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night was they caught nothing." So this was after Jesus had died. He'd been buried into the tomb and they had just kind of, I would say, almost given up on their faith, just walked away and said, I'm going fishing, not fishing for men, but back to what they knew how to make a living at. And that was fishing for fish. And so Peter, look what happened here. Peter said, I'm going first. I'm going fishing. And then, then they all chimed in and said, we'll follow you. We'll go with you. Can I just say in your own life, be careful what you do, be careful what you say, be careful of the road that you walk down because you don't know who is following you. Amen. They may be looking at you going, you're the example and you don't even know it, but they're looking at you. You may not even, don't lift yourself up, but they're still looking at you that you go fishing, I'm going to follow you. Well, let's all go. So here goes a whole crowd of problem children to go fishing. And they fished that night, and it says they caught absolutely nothing. Not even a minnow, not a bite, not nothing. They got nothing. Why? Because that's what not, that's what, not what Jesus called them to do. Jesus never told him to go fishing after this. He told him many things, but he didn't say that. He didn't say, drop, drop what you're doing and go back to what I called you from. No, they did that on their own. They made their own decisions and they went the way they wanted to go. So careful in your own life that you don't drop and go down to what you used to know. Drop what you have and go to where you came from. No, you keep on the path that God has set you on, and he will bless your life for it. And here they are. They're probably going, oh, man, Jesus is gone. What are we going to do? We can't live that Christian life. We can't do that. He's gone. There's no way that we can do that. But Jesus can make a way when there is no way. Jesus can give you the power to live that Christian life. Now, they didn't have the Holy Ghost yet. They weren't filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. That happens in in the book of Acts. And so 
they were just trying to do it on their own. But listen, we don't, we're not like that today. Today, the moment you get saved, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your heart. And the Bible says that you are sealed into the day of redemption. And so you have that power. Amen. Here's verse number four. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. You see, Jesus hadn't sent them there, but when they stopped what they were doing, and they stopped doing it their way, and because it, it's the same water under the boat, no matter what side you put the net on. But the difference is, when you obey Jesus, when it makes absolutely no sense, God will bless it. Jesus will bless it. He most certainly will. It made no sense that they pulled the net up and threw it on the other side of the ship because this was not a big ship like you think of today, a great big fishing boat. No, this was not a very big boat. It's the exact same water under the boat, yet pull the net up and throw it on the other side. But the difference when you obey God Listen, God will bless it even when it doesn't make any sense. Even when the natural laws say, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to happen. You can't do that. You can't go there. But listen, when you obey the Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to bless it. Your net will be full. And that's what happens here. Listen to what it says. They cast therefore, and now were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. There was so many fish in the net that they couldn't even pull it in the boat. Here they are. They've been fishing all night long. They haven't caught one single solitary thing, but yet when they did what Jesus said, cast it on the other side of the boat, on the right side of the ship, the, the net is so full of fish that they can't even pull it in the boat. That doesn't make any sense, does it? No, except for they obeyed Jesus. You make sure you obey, obey Jesus, even when it doesn't make sense. Verse number seven. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his father's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself unto the sea. Listen, he was in a hurry. When he found out it was Jesus, he, he said, I got to go. I can't even wait on y'all to row to the shore. I got to go right now. He dove in the water. He put on his father's coat and said, I'm gone. He left the rest of them. He went after Jesus. Hey, do you do that when you see Jesus? Do you do that when you need Jesus in your life? Do you forget everybody and everything and jump off the ship and run and swim toward Jesus? Amen, because that's what Peter did. He wanted him. He wanted to be in the presence of his Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number eight. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. Now these are the fish that they had cast on the right side of the boat. They couldn't pull it in the boat. It was so full of fish. They had to drag it to shore. Now that's a lot of fish, isn't it? I would say they've never caught nothing like that in their whole life. And they were fishermen before Jesus came into their life. And I promise you, they have never had that experience where they had so many fish we couldn't get in the boat. We had to drag it to shore. Verse number nine. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. 
Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty-three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. God held that net together. It didn't break. They couldn't break it. Why? Because it's a miracle in their life. God is showing them something. Listen, when you obey me, I'm going to bless it. When you obey me, you're going to be so full. Your life is going to be so full that it's going to be amazing. Amen. And the Bible says not just fish, but uh, great fishes. They were great big fish. It was 153 of them. I would say that's a pretty good cast right there from a net, isn't it? 153 giant fishes after they haven't caught anything all night long. Jesus said, go get those fish and bring them up here. Verse number 12, Jesus saith unto them, come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord. Nobody had to ask who he was. Nobody had to ask, is this Jesus? They knew he was the Lord Jesus Christ. And you listen to me. When you meet Jesus, you're going to know it's him. When Jesus comes, knocks on your heart, you're not going to have to ask, who is this? No, you will know. It is God Almighty in the flesh. It is Jesus knocking on your heart, whether it's for salvation or whether it's for conviction or whether it's for guidance in your life. You will know. You will not have to ask, who is that? No, you will know it is the Lord Jesus. Verse 13, Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them a fish Likewise, don't you like that? Jesus served them. Jesus brought them fish. Jesus fed them. Listen, when you obey the Lord, he's going to feed you. He's going to clothe you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to watch over you. Oh, that don't mean you won't have no troubles. That won't mean you don't have no struggles. But he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Amen. Even if you're hungry, he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. So God's always going to give you what you need. Amen. Verse number 14, this is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So here's the third time Jesus has shown him that I'm alive forevermore, that I've beat death and hell, that I've risen from the grave. Amen. This is the third time. I love that, don't you? Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. He has the keys to it. He has power over it, and he wants to give you that power. He wants to give you salvation. Amen? He freely, it's a free gift that he wants to give you, but you have to accept it in the way that he offers it. You can't get it in your own way. You can't be good enough. You can't climb over the fence some other way. No, you have to go through the door. And Jesus is that door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. There is no other way. You can't be good enough. You can't buy your way in there. The only way is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse number 15 with me. The Gospel of John, chapter 21, verse number 15. So, when they had dined... Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Can I just ask you, here's Jesus talking to Simon, Simon Jonas. He said, Lovest thou me more than these? What these was he talking about? Was he talking about the fish that they had pulled in? Was he talking about material things that you can hold 
in your hand? Was he asking him, do you love me more than you love these? Or was he talking about the miracle that when he caught the fishes, lovest thou more than me? Or was he talking about the other disciples that were there? Do you love me more than you love these? Whether that these is the fish or the miracle or the other disciples, it doesn't matter. Do you love Jesus more than you love anything else? It may have been possessions. It may have been people. Because sometimes people get caught up with people and they worry about other people. But here Jesus is making it plain. Am I first in your life? Do you love me more than these? I want to be first in your life. I want to be on the throne of your heart. Amen. Remember what he said in the Old Testament? I'm a jealous God. He wants to be first. And so love, love equals action. Love is not just a feeling. If you truly love somebody, you're going to do something. Listen, when a man falls in love with a woman, he'll do whatever it takes to move heaven and earth to try to make her happy. He'll go out and buy her a ring, work hard to get a house, try to keep a good job. Why? Because he loves her and he wants to show her that he loves her. Don't you know it's the same with Jesus? Listen, when you love Jesus, you're, if you got real faith, it's going to make it to your feet. You're going to do something for Jesus. You're going to love Jesus. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Do you love me more than these, these material things, that house, that car, that job, that money in the bank, the prestigious position, the title that you have, whatever it is, do you love me more than these? He's asking Peter. Now, listen, Peter just denied Jesus three times, if you remember Jesus said, you'll deny me three times before the cock crows. And he did. And the Bible says he went and he wept bitterly. And now Jesus is asking him, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? He says, listen to verse 16. He saith to him again, the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll do something. You're not doing something to prove that, but you're doing that because you love him. How important is feeding the sheep to Jesus? How important is feeding the lambs to Jesus? Because he's putting Peter on the spot here. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me more than these? Hey, listen to me. Put your name right there and like Jesus was speaking to you and whatever your name is, do you love me more than these? Will you do what I've called you to do? Will you put down yourself and pick up me and put me first in your life? Amen. That's what Jesus wants. Do you love me? Lovest thou me? Feed my sheep. Look after my people. Love my people. Preach to my people. Teach my people my word. Peter, lovest thou me? Listen, look, look at verse 17. He seeth unto him the third time. That's not coincidence, folks. That is not coincidence. Peter denied Jesus three times. Three times. And here, Jesus has given him three chances to tell him that he loves him. That is not coincidence. Nothing in the Bible is just by coincidence. No, sir, no, ma'am. The Bible is carefully thought out. And everything Jesus did was carefully planned. Verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? 
And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Every single time that Peter answered him, Jesus gave him the same response. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my lambs. And the third time, Peter was hurt. Can you imagine your husband or your wife coming to you and asking you that question in sincerity? Do you really love me? Do you really love me? Do you really love me? You would start to think, man, something's wrong. Something, and that's Peter here. He was hurt. He was grieved. And he told him, Lord, you know everything. You know my own heart better than I know myself. He says, you know that I love you. Did Peter love Jesus when he denied him? Absolutely. I believe he did without question. He loved Jesus. And listen to me, before you beat Peter up, when have you denied Jesus? When have you not spoke up at work when there was a conversation and you should have spoke up? Now, do you need to stand up for Jesus? Absolutely you do. Stand up for him. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Ye soldiers of the cross. Absolutely. And so you denied him by not saying nothing. So before you beat Peter up, or I beat Peter up, we have to look at our own life and look at our own self and our own actions. Because you can put your name in there. Michael Sadler, lovest thou me? Feed my sheep. Amen. And you can put your name in there, whatever it is. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Look after them. Take care of them. Love them. Pray for them. Watch over them. Do everything that you can to help them. Amen. And that starts in your local church right there. Look for somebody that has a need that you can fill, whatever it is. If it's buying them dinner or helping them fix something or praying for them, whatever the need is, jump in there and try to fill it. Jesus said, lovest thou me? Verse number 18, verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, Thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest. What a peculiar verse, isn't it? Jesus says, when you were young, you dressed yourself, you walked yourself, you went wherever you want, you did whatever you wanted to do. But what he's saying in the latter part of that verse, let's read it again so you understand. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whether thou wouldest not. Somebody's going to take you where you don't want to go, Peter. You see, because before you weren't saved, before you weren't living for me, before you weren't preaching the gospel, but now you belong to me. You love me. You feed my sheep. And listen to me, it's not going to be like that it was used to be. No, you're going to have people come after you. People attack you. People run you down. People tell lies on you. At the end of his life, Peter would be arrested and bound and carried off to execution. And Jesus is telling him, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go somewhere and things are going to happen that you would never choose for yourself. But because you love me, because you're doing my will, because you're living a godly life, listen, you're going to be persecuted for that. You're going to be taking places where you would never go yourself. And you listen to me 
out there in radio land. If you're living a godly life, listen, it's a spiritual battle. The devil's coming after you. If you're telling it, if you're witnessing, if you're living a good godly life, he wants to do everything he can to destroy that, to destroy your testimony, to tear you down. He doesn't want your kids or your grandkids seeing you and as a good godly example, he wants to take that away and he's going to do everything that he can to tear you apart, to tear you down, to have people attack you, to run you over. But listen, you stand strong for the Lord. Just like you said, you love me, feed my sheep. Do you love God? Hey, feed your family. Do you love God? Feed those grandkids. What? The word of God. Amen. There's nothing better that you can give them. There's nothing better that you can leave them. There's no amount of money. There, there's no amount of position or title or name that you have or land or property or houses that you have that can even compare to leaving them Jesus, to leaving a godly legacy. Amen? Because all those things, you got to remember, all those things will be burnt up, but the work of the Lord shall stand forever. And when a person's saved, they are saved forever. Their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life forever. And so that godly legacy that you leave them, when you leave them Jesus, when you love them enough to show them the truth, amen, that will never, never, never be lost. That will never be left out, amen? That God has that written down in a special book in a special place. Verse number 19. This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. He told Peter what's going to happen. He said, you live a good godly life. You preach, you teach, you love my sheep. This, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go places that you would never go. People, things are going to happen that you could never imagine. You're going to be killed and persecuted. And that's what that verse said. This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God in his death. Even in his death, Peter will glorify God is what the Bible says. And Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. Are you following Jesus no matter what happens? Are you following Jesus no matter the problems that you have in your life? Are you following Jesus no matter how good it is in your life? Because that's when people seem to drift away from God when things are, are, are so good. And I got, I'm healthy, wealthy, happy, got money in the bank. That's when they want to drift away from God. During the hard times, it's easy to draw close to God. But when everything's good, when the streets are paved with gold in your life, and you're living it up, and you got plenty of money in the bank, and you got no problems at home, amen, that's when people tend to want to drift away from God. God may put something in your life to draw you back to him. Amen. And so no matter what, do what he says. Follow me. Verse 20. Then Peter, turning about, sees the disciples whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? I love what Jesus says. Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that thou to thee? Follow thou me. Peter, why are you worried about what he's doing? Peter, why are you worried about what he's saying? Peter, why are you worried about them? Hey, follow me. I'm the one that's important. You follow me. You do my will. Peter, do you love me? And that can happen in the Christian world. You can get caught up with other Christians, caught up with your friends, caught up with what's going on here, caught up with this event. Instead of following Jesus, Jesus says, don't worry about that. Don't worry about what they're saying. Listen, follow me. Jesus said, don't worry about him. You follow me. Many Christians get preoccupied with one another instead of the Lord. Remember, the Lord wants to be preeminent in your life. The first 
in your life. Let's look at the last verse. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written in it. Amen. The greatest work that Jesus did was on that cross. And I ask you today, have you ever repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know that your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life? Do you know that you know that you know that you have been born again? We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.